as I think about this special day that's been set aside to honor the life and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I mean, that fits very well with the series that we're going today, because today is, last week was good word to pick change, but today is we're gonna plan for change, and that's exactly what he did. Um, I remember, too, from history, I just heard or read something recently about William Wilberforce, who was instrumental in ending slavery globally, and how he fought his whole life and didn't see near the fruition of, of that fight. I think sometimes we are, we, we're into quick fixes and there are none. How many of you know that's true? I think of Hebrews, my dad's, one of my dad's favorite Bible, Bible chapters in the Bible, and, and he would, he had that memorized King James version, and uh, he would quote that oft times, and I, and I honestly, I'd kind of roll my eyes internally and go, oh, here we go again, because he, once he got started, he couldn't stop till he got the whole chapter, but I mean, it t tells of wonderful biblical heroes, but as you read on down, it talks about people that never really saw the change that they were fighting for, but God did. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we're gonna talk, we wanna dig in more about that because that's what really 21 Jumpstart, the 24 version of it, 2024 is all about. And Pastor Andrew, I was thinking as you were talking about come if you need to pray about football. We don't need to pray about football. Some of you just need to pray about your attitude toward football. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and, and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Enough said. Well, next week, Lord willing, we'll talk about powering change, and obviously that's the, that's the essence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So I don't know very many who, don't, who would say, I don't want any change. I know people find it hard to change, but a lot of people don't want to just get stagnant or stay where they are. They want progress and growth, and if not, I mean, you don't have much hope for the future. I think a lot of people desire it. But uh, we often don't keep the change or move into the change that we desire. And along the journey somewhere, we get discouraged and we just give up. And some of you might be there already in this new year. Because some of us have started new disciplines. We feel like the Holy Spirit's been talking to us about us. But we don't see already, by the 14th, we don't see the rapid results that we were thinking about. I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we do our, our takeaway from the, all of the... Uh, the quick and instant fix uh, weight loss and uh, fitness promises on TV and social media. Don't you just get totally sick of those this time of year? And maybe we think that spiritually speaking, we, we can, and those aren't real and these aren't real. It takes time, it takes effort. So I've talked about the process. It begins like this, this idea of planning change. There has to be that desire. In other words, you want to. It's not about feeling like it, but you want to. That's the desire that's awakened. And remember, God gives you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. And then you make a decision, and, and, and then we get into the discipline. The Bible says clearly, one of the paraphrases, discipline in the New American Standard says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Yeah. We discipline ourselves for a lot of things that don't matter for eternity, but that does. And then we, en we engage the journey. We don't just skip from here to heaven, but on the journey, there's joy, there's delight as we achieve our destiny, which is the high calling of Jesus Christ. So we're gonna look at the book of James for a little while. I'm gonna read several verses slowly with, with some comments there uh, before in, in James 1, chapter 1, verses beginning with verse 19. But uh, James, as you know, the brother, of the earthly brother of Jesus, and, and uh, he, he did, we know, became a prestigious disciple, follower of Jesus, and, and a pastor. All that was after Jesus rose from the dead, and, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, can, can you imagine what it meant like on an earthly situation being the brother of Jesus? 
you know, because some of you got that. What would your, well, you're not like your brother. What did your brother do? What would Jesus do? I mean, we've, we've adopted those, but I, I can't imagine what he went through. I don't know about that culture. But nonetheless, after Jesus came out of the grave, he became a believer and a follower. So here's a, here's a great passage on, on living transformed, as we often say right here. Loving God, loving people, living transformed. So I want to begin James 1.19. I want to read the several verses with comment. It'll be overhead for you if you have your Bible device. So then my beloved brethren, I'm reading from the New King James, brethren, uh, I love the family language, brethren and sister. <laughs> Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Now, we can dismiss a word like wrath because wrath, who says wrath? Are you full of wrath? No, but anger, and anger's ugly. For the wrath or anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Any agreement out there? I mean, do, do angry situations, do you just live for those and love for those? Even, even if you create them, they are not fun. Angry exchanges. And the Bible says anger does not produce the righteousness of God. And as Nate just prepared that statement about Dr. Martin Luther King, he fought against the, the masses that said, wanted to get violent. He said, no, no, no. That won't, that won't change hearts and lives. Let's read on. Verse 30 to 21. Therefore, because of that, what's ahead of that? Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Now, a lot of times we don't, we don't link anger and all that in it, but, but it is, it's a part of it because it's alluding to that. And, and instead of that now, receive with meekness the implanted word. That's what 21 Jumpstart slice 24 is all about. The implanted word, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. What is the implanted word? That's the word in you, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Oh, we need to listen, but it can't stop there. Deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I mean, the mirror didn't lie. The truth of God's word, the mirror of God's word doesn't lie, but we forget, we walk away if we don't deal with truth. 25, but he who looks into the perfect law, and you know I'm not into the word perfect, but when in a biblical sense, when it comes to all things God, that is a totally appropriate, the perfect law of, listen, liberty. Law and liberty, does that go together? Absolutely, that's a biblical concept. And continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does, work that word is, will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, spiritual, whatever, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is what? You may not think so, but the people watching your life do. Your spouse does, your kids do, your grand do, your workers do, they know, they know you. If we don't bridle our tongue, that can render our religion useless. 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. Visit orphans and widows in their trouble and keep oneself unspotted from the world. In other words, be in the world but not of the world. If we live like the world, we're never gonna impact the world. There's a balance there. We can't pretend, as I said last week, that the world has cooties, but at the same time, we've got to pick our influences very carefully. Our influences. 
Well, let's continue on. So James, again, in this passage, is talking about this entire passage about living transformed, about laying aside anything, uh, not even horrible things, although some of those things are, but, but anything that would hinder or be harmful to your spiritual life. We've gotta be willing to add and subtract in our spiritual journey. It's not just about addition, it could be subtraction as well. But he's talking to all of us and he's talking to you and some of you are stuck and stranded and you don't, you don't know why. It's because there's a lack of the word being in you, living in you. The word is alive. That's what the whole emphasis, we've narrowed it down to 21 Jumpstart. The best thing we can do to encourage you this year is to get the word in you. Not on you, but in you. In you. It's always transformation from the inside out. So let me read again from another translation, James 1.21. So get rid of every filthy habit, but how, I can hear some of you asking, and all wicked conduct. You do it by submitting to God and accepting the word that he plants, where? In, could I hear somebody say in, your hearts, which is able to save you. It's when it's in you. I've known people that they just are looking for the next this and the next prophecy class and the next Bible study and Bible study, but I'm seeing no life change. What good is it? That means you're becoming a, a reader of the word and a, and a hearer of the word, but you're not doing the word. You can't do the word without change and transformation. Agreed? And that's basic. That's, that's our source of unchanging truth, no matter what our culture says. We don't go by the winds of change. We go by the truth that, that is inerrant, the infallible word of God that is always true in every generation. And that's where we stand and stay put. So he wants us to get to the right spot, and, and, and I'll call it the sweet spot of his grace, and that's where he talks to us, his word speaks to us, and we keep the main thing, the main thing, the first thing, the first thing, and I wanna talk to you about four practical things that we need to do and I'll put a, a run of peas together. The first one is just to stay put, and I, a subtitle under that is, uh, the Bible is saying, not this alone, you gotta hear them all, but we are to hear consistently. You know what I think about, when I think about hearing consistently, that means you have a learner's heart, agreed? Do you ever tried to deal with somebody, you, you have all kinds of experience in, in life and business and sport and all kinds of marriage or whatever, and, and somebody that they won't listen to you because they think they know it all? No, no, it's about being a lifelong learner. Where you are, saying I don't know it all. I want the word to be living and active in me. I want it to speak up in me. And I wanna be a good listener. I want, I want to listen to the prompts of the Holy Spirit. So we receive the implanted word, as the scripture said, with meekness. And make, meekness isn't, isn't derived from weakness. It's strength under control. In other words, there's strength when we're under God's control. Has anybody found that to be true? When you are weak, you're strong. There's strength under the Lord's control. A lot of times we get out from under his control and we wonder what's wrong and we're shaking a finger at God and blaming him, but we've removed ourselves. But when he's in control, there is strength to move forward. Staying put where we are. Receiving that implanted word. Being good soil, productive soil, to nurture it with great expectations. I love a translation in the NAB, James 1.21, it just says the phrase, it says, welcome the word. Your word is welcome here, Lord. The word is welcome. Maybe that'd be a good thing for us to do in the morning, get up and when we're clothed and in our right mind, we don't have to be clothed, but just in your right mind, you can get up before the mirror and say, Lord, Lord, I welcome your word in my life today. 
I want to tell you, if you start your day that way, you'll be amazed how your day goes a different direction than otherwise. I welcome the word. Let me say this strongly, that the word of God, God's word in you, has to be a major part of your life change or you'll never maintain it, never maintain it without the constant stream of God's word. Well, pastor, I've read it over and over again. I know, so have I. I read God's through, word through at least once or twice every year. I do it faithfully, I do it faithfully. I do it whether I feel like it or not. And it's not all just bells and whistles and woo, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. But I'll tell you what, what I read this morning, I've never read that before on this date. Are you, are you with me? God's word is living and active. In other words, it applies this day. So this is, this is January 14th, 2024. I've read God's word in those places, but it's amazing how in a given time, in a given place, it can come alive and speak in a new way. Has that, have any of you ever had that experience? No matter how many times I've read it, it's new in the day that I apply that, that, that truth to my life. Welcome the word. I love this, Psalm 19, nine to seven. I'll read a couple of passages from Psalm 19, but it says, here it is again. This is an echo of what we just read in the New Testament. The law of the Lord is perfect, perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And that's not fear as in I'm afraid. It is that respect and awe and worship of Almighty God, knowing he's sovereign in control. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Isn't that good to know? Justice for all. We've been talking about that a bit this morning. So this all sets you up for change. You know what needs to go and you need to know what needs to stay and the word begins to grow in you and you pray, oh God, put your word exactly where you want it to be in my heart and anything that doesn't honor you, I want you to make it known to me. I, I welcome you to put the finger of truth on any area of my life and I don't wanna just say that and pray that now but I wanna go forward that way. Lord, I want your conviction, I want your encouragement, I want your guidance and I wanna pray this prayer from Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O oh God, at any time, you know, search me. It's not like I have to do some cleanup but just right where I am, I don't have to delete anything just but God, search me, search me right now. Come, I welcome you, God. Oh God, know my heart, not just what I do or what I've done but my heart, my motives. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I mean, he already knows it, but he wants to show us. Point out anything in me. Where? In me. Doesn't say on me. It says in me. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. What a way to live. You need to get off the worry seat and off of the God throne. You're not God. You don't have to figure it all out. You take him to his word and say, God, I'm gonna trust you and the Holy Spirit that's alive in me. And if there's something I need to do with, I'm not gonna go on my merry way casually like I can do anything I want, live however I want. But I'm trusting you to bring conviction. I welcome that. Yes? I welcome your conviction because I know it's best. It's, it's correction. Some of us don't want any correction. You'll never be all that you can be if you don't receive correction. Remember, having a learner's heart, a learner's spirit. Wow. Search me, God. I want my word, my, my, my heart, my feet firmly planted in your word. And no one can do this for you. Get it in you now. I've often told you that I have my dad's prayer chair that somebody lovingly re had, had recovered here, and I still have it, but at the time, it was a gray chair with this, you know, the fancy fringe all around the bottom, and that the sweeper would catch and it'd unravel halfway across the room, anybody? 
And I can remember, particularly in Greentown, where, where I was for a lot of years growing up, junior high, high school, I can remember a big picture window. My dad's chair was right here to the left. Here's the hallway where I was going to the bathroom to get cleaned up in the morning. And I still have a picture, a frozen picture in my mind of my dad kneeling there with his Bible open, reading out loud, praying out loud. And of course, he mentioned my name. That made me uncomfortable, let me tell you. But he, and he mentioned it. He, I think he prayed extra loud because he knew I was in the house at that time. But... It doesn't make any difference how much my dad read the Bible and prayed. I had to make these decisions. I have to let the word in me. Got it? One of the treasures I have, I should have brought it out, but I have a wooden box in my office that somebody made for me, and I have one of my dad's worn-out Bibles. His worn-out Bibles were like you wear out shoes. I mean, if I could pull that in here now, it would fall apart. It's, it's a, it's a leather-bound Bible, but it's all marked up and highlighted and written in, and, and it's a treasure that I have. And that's not the only, I mean, he just wore them out. He wore them out. And I remember, too, that when Dixie's dad worked at the Firestone Mansion, as he did for years, he, he was in the medical field in the, in the Army as a medic and then, and then a, in the police force of Firestone. But he guarded the mansion even when they were there still alive. But when, when he died, that he got things. And one of the things he got was a Bible that he gave to me. And I have the Harvey Firestone Bible, a Bible of his in my office as well in that box. And when I lay them beside each other, I know Harvey Firestone Jr. was a great man. He did many things. I mean, he was proud of the people he provided jobs for and homes for and all the above but I wanna tell you, when I put those Bibles side by side, I'm opting for my dad. Because my dad, and his faithfulness throughout the years, is still influencing many, like having boys that are pastors and have been, and, and other people, and, and who knows, but we have to get it. I can't ride the coattails. I'm thankful for that heritage, but how many of you know you have to choose it? So I'm asking, and pleading with you, I'm asking, do you have God's word in you, it's only in you if you are taking it in regularly and faithfully, okay? So the beginning point is, is hearing consistently, truly listening, not being a know-it-all, not having it all figured out, trusting the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. You can do that. Does everybody know you have that power to, to trust the Holy Spirit? The second thing is this, then you gotta put it into practice. The Bible says if you just hear it and you stop there, it's never gonna change your life. Again, you can be in Bible studies from here to kingdom come, but you could still miss heaven because his truth in you is what is transformational. And so out of that, my parents really emphasize this, especially my mother, she was the day-to-day or a lot. She said, you need to act obediently instantly, act instantly, act instantly. She, I can remember those long talks. You need, to, you need to do what I want is right now, don't tell, me, don't tell me how much you love me on Mother's Day and all these things, just when I tell you something, obey, she said, because there might come a time when I have to bark and order at you and your, act, your immediate response could literally save your life. Does that sound, did anybody else get dialogue like that in your home growing up? Can you remember those conversations? And I'm thankful for it because she had it right, I believe. So it's talking to me, this passage, about putting your want to, as I often say, in gear and doing it. Let it dominate, especially when you don't feel like it. Be doers of the word, put into practice, act instantly, the sooner the better. How many of you know that lag time can be lethal? I'm not ever suggesting that what happens in, in, in lag time is not forgivable or whatever the case may be, but a lot of the times tragic things and consequences come out of lag time where if you would have obeyed, you could have avoided all kinds of heartache. Can you relate to that? But it's not too late. Don't go to school on that. So I come to this, I, 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 I tell you this often, and I, I, this is becoming household language. I believe God wants, in, this, in the context of this message of planning change, I believe that he wants our want to to dominate our feel like it. Does that make sense to you, the difference between it? So, 
I'm, I'm headed, uh, Lord willing, tomorrow morning really early to Atlanta. I'm gonna be in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in a pastor's conference with 15 other pastors. And we have been assigned five other pastors regionally that over the next year we're to mentor. I have to meet with them, uh, Zoom with them twice a month for 90 minutes. And I gotta tell you already, I don't feel like getting up at four o'clock tomorrow morning knowing what the weather's gonna be or not knowing and thinking, oh, am I gonna have to hop in a vehicle and drive to Atlanta or what am I gonna do? But I decided that I want to do it and I need to do it, so I'm gonna do it regardless of how I feel. Does that make sense to you? Because I know that, that when I decided to do it, I'm not just doing it for them. They, they're gonna bring growth to my life. And at 68, I'm not done, I'm not stagnant. I gotta keep growing. And I believe that that interaction is gonna help me and it's gonna help you, right? So, so that's just, that's, I wanna clarify. I want some of you to understand the difference between a, I want to and I feel like it. But it says, put into practice, so act instantly whenever God speaks or puts his finger of truth on some area of your life. Just come into agreement with him. No delay, no lag time. Just say yes. We believe in saying yes to Jesus at the cross, so to speak. We say, yes, I, I confess, I repent, I turn to you, I turn away from my sinful selfishness, my life. But we never stop. The, the spirit-filled life, you live saying yes, don't you? Non-stop yes, non-stop yes. Instant obedience There'll always be some reason, some excuse to delay taking action. It'll never seem convenient, I can promise you that, but, but if you don't hear anything else, please write this on the flyleaf of your mind. The right time to do the right thing is right now. Did you catch that? Could you repeat that back to me? Let me say it a couple of times. The right time to do the right thing is right now. Are you catching it? Are you writing it down? The right time to do the right thing is when? Right now. That's present tense active all the time, right now. God is using that, he's fighting for your future and he wants the best for you far more than you want it. So just simply, as I told somebody this morning, make sure you're on God's side. I aim to land on God's side, how about you? I wanna be on God's side. The Bible is like a mirror as I read a few moments ago and, and it reveals a real you, it shows what's going on in your life. But you've gotta make the choice to apply it. I think what Tony Campolo said years ago when I was a youth pastor, I, I heard him or, or wrote it, read a book of his, he said, that, he said that here's what we do many times, we sing, just as, we sing all the time just as I am. Back in that day, Billy Graham Crusades were huge and every invitation they sang just as I am without one plea. Some of you may know that, some of you may not. I guarantee you, tune into a classic crusade and you'll hear it. And then he said, we sing just as I am, we come just as we are, but here's the problem, we leave just as we were with no change. You cannot encounter a resurrected living Christ, the one we've been singing about, the, what a beautiful name it is, and be the same ever. Do you understand? You're new. The Bible said all things are new. That doesn't mean you're done growing, but you have a heart's desire. You wanna follow after God, you wanna please him. But his word is so, so connected to that. We gotta get it in us every day. We receive his word and we put it into practice. We act instantly and, and consistently we respond and his word is truly amazing. Psalm 19 verse 11, I read from that chapter it says, moreover by them, your words, your servant is warned and in keeping them is great reward. What is great reward in keeping his word? Great reward. I mean his presence, his blessing in our life. In keeping his word, there is great reward. Agree with his word, obey, follow, say yes, never stop saying yes. Stay firmly on God's side. 
I, I hear a lot of times similar storm stories, and, and, and it's interesting because a similar storm, and one reports a thriving, and one for, uh, uh, um, testifies of the surviving. And I think the difference is whether or not they're standing truly on God's word. That's the difference maker. And when I talk to people that are bogged down spiritually, most often the word is conspicuously missing as far as regular intake. That's over all these years. I've been doing this 40 some years and it comes down to that time and time again. So it's good for information, sure, but information won't change you. It's application, that's where the transformation happens. So we welcome conviction, we welcome God's word. And by the way, I, I, I think a great tool for for the applying God's word is what we do in our basics class and we have them on the table and I hope you got them. But Rick Warren years ago, he invited, he does simple things, he's brilliantly simple, but he invented the acronym, invented the acronym as far as no space pets and he put questions to ask. This is, this is how you apply the word of God. Love it, let me just run through some of them. Is there a sin to confess, a promise to claim, an attitude to change, a command to obey, an example to follow, a prayer to pray, an error to avoid, a truth to believe, something to praise and thank God for. That'll make his word come alive. In you. Oh, oh, I want, I want to get passionate about this. Do you welcome God's word in you? That's what's life-changing. I mean, if you were really sick and, and a doctor prescribed a course of medicine, you'd drive wherever to get that course, and you know you can't just take two or three days. You gotta take the whole course in order for the medicine to, to do, it, do its work. And that's the way God's word is. It's never done working. You gotta keep taking it, keep taking it within. Well, I gotta move on, thirdly of four is put a lid on it. Uh, when my brothers, uh, my two brothers and I, my sister and I, could you see all four of us in the back seat of a Chevy Bizcane? Does anybody remember what a Chevy Bizcane was? No, come on, help me out here. I mean, ugly car. I mean, it did have tires that were black and it had an engine, but not very much of one. I mean, it was about the cheapest junk of a car that I've ever seen. But I can remember we get going, eh, you're on my side, eh, you know, that stuff that you did in your home. Eh, he, he's touching me, eh, she's touching me, she's breathing on me. And my dad would lean back and say, put a lid on it. You know what that means? Stop talking. And if that wasn't enough, he'd hit the brakes and pull over to the side of the room and we start singing nearer my God to the, <laughs> at the moment. I know we don't do that anymore, but boy, oh boy, that got my attention. I mean, we were drowsy and sleeping. He had our undivided attention, put a lid on it. And under this one, I'll just say that the Bible's telling us that we need to really be careful about our words, careful and prayerful. We need to speak really carefully, because words matter, why? We talked about that in another series, because the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Don't say you didn't mean it, you did mean it, or you wouldn't have said it. James 1, 19 to 20, my dear brothers and sisters, this is from NIV, take note of this. In other words, mark this down. Put this on the fly if you mind. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I, I landed on that when I read the scripture. But do you understand that? Think of any angry exchange that you've been in where God has been glorified and you just feel, you feel so up to the change. It's never, it never displays the righteousness of God. That doesn't mean we become weenies and cave to, to, and cave to, to things that aren't true. That's not it at all. Amen. But I wanna tell you, anger never advances the kingdom of God. Yeah. Never has, never will. It says speak carefully, listen carefully. James 1.19 from the message paraphrase, pastor's paraphrase, post this at all the intersections. Dear friends, lead with your ears, follow with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. In fact, just leave anger behind. Anger doesn't, 
I found, have you, that when anger blows in and blows up, communication goes away. Agree? Some of you, you had some angry exchanges this morning on your way here, some of you online. You know what I'm talking about, you know who you are. Anybody wanna raise your hand and say, that's me? No, please don't, please don't, please don't. Speak carefully because your tongue is powerful. Guard your words, guard your words because that'll lead to a life of no regret. And by the way, um, I, I may have skipped it in my notes, but have you ever, like me, have you ever regretted things you've said? Have you ever wanted to take something back and you thought about letting go, oh, I never should have said that and the way I said it? Maybe it wasn't what you said, but it's the way you said it. But you know, I was thinking about that and I look back and I can't hardly ever think of any times when I've regretted listening. I've never regretted putting a lid on it and listening all the way through. Because a lot of times I want to react in the moment before I listen all the way through. How many times do you have a different outcome if you listen all the way through? So the Bible's saying be careful, speak very carefully. Speak sparingly, if you will. I love Proverbs 10, 19 that speaks to as well. Listen to this. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. In other words, you run off the mouth all the time, you're gonna get in trouble. But he who restrains his lips is Wise, wise. Regret things I say, I've never regretted listening. I'm sure there might be a rare, rare exception, but I couldn't think of it. Use the gift of your tongue to speak life, to build each other up, to impart grace to hearers. And finally, keeping in the P alliteration, palms up. We've talked about that today. And I'll put under this, serve constantly. Look at me, you're not done serving. You're not done serving. It's just that some of you are trying to do what you did when you were 20 and you can't do it so you feel worthless because you think your significance is in the serve. No, that's love driven. Your significance is not in your serve. Your significance is the love of Jesus that you have to pour out where you are right now. Right now, right here, right now, not based upon where you were, where you've been, although God uses all of it to touch people's hearts. And you know what a key word into this section is? It's availability. God, I'm available. I'm going palms up. I'm available for you to speak to me, for you to, to direct me. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna just have cheap talk, Lord. I wanna have a genuine walk that leads people to you. Are you making yourself available? Could I ask you, how's your serve? What's your serve? Where's your serve? Well, I did, no. Not where was it, but where is it? How is it right now, present tense, active? James 1.17 speaks to that again from the message, real religion, the kind that, ple- that, that passes muster before God the Father is this, reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. In other words, keep yourself unspotted. How do you do that? By going palms up and surrendering to him every single day. And could I just go into pastor mode here? During the virus, a lot of you remember that we talked about, we used that line over and over again, do for one, do for one, do for one. Does that sound familiar right now? Do what you can, when you can, look up, keep your God focused, change the world by touching one person at a time. Now, listen carefully. So much of our culture, oh, we just care so deeply, and we care about so many things, we're worthless and don't do anything. Because we're so concerned. Oh, it's so easy to get concerned about something, a place that we can never touch or reach. And I see that and I hear that a lot. Here's what I observe as a pastor. We're all, we're all burdened about this or about that over there, but we're not doing a blessed thing where we are. Did you hear me? 
And so since we care about so many things and all the news is negative, oh my, we just get immobilized and frozen. We get so discouraged and overwhelmed like we can't do any good. Oh yes, you can. Be all where you are. Be all in where you are. Be all God's where you are. Make a difference where you are. You can't do everything, but you can do something. You're not God. You can't fix the world. So make a difference where you are. Amen? Right now. In fact, I'll say, stay local where you are. Do it right now. God will get you from here to there if he wants you there. I want to say that again. Stay local. Be faithful here, because if you're not faithful here, you'll never be a there, and some people want to skip the journey. They want to want to go to there, but it's about here. I, are, you, are you tracking with me today? Don't be frozen. Don't think you can't make a difference. You can. Bloom where you're planted. Well, I'm wrapping it up. That's how you change the world. Let me say it this way. You get your eyes off yourself. Selfishness is rampant. What about me, 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 me? I, 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 ah, ad nauseum. Get your eyes off of you and focus on him and them. That'll produce life significance and joy. You'll be a candle in the dark. Do you know how much a single candle can light up a whole stadium that's totally, that, 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 that is shrouded in darkness? I mean, one candle can, can provide light for an entire stadium. I've seen it. I've been there. I've experienced that. Be the change that you see in others. Plan on it. Be the change that you want to see in the world right now. As God's love flows through you, it blesses you and it'll change you and you become more and more of a contributor by being a distributor of his love, his grace, his power, his faithfulness by doing these things, hearing consistently and acting instantly and speaking carefully and, and prayerfully and serving constantly. And in doing these things, then there's other things, but you can keep yourself unspotted from the world. And the things of this world we sing sometimes will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Because we're living for him, we're going, Father, Father, thank you for working in me. You're giving me the power, you're the desire and the power to do what pleases you. So Father, today, at the beginning of the day, I'm going palms up, Father, bring glory to your name. I can't wait to see, I can't wait for opportunities to bring glory to your name. That might welcome adversity, that might bring some confrontation, but saying, Father, in it, I'm gonna bring glory to your name. How many of you know that when you get to the end of the day where you brought glory to your name, you're never gonna have regret? Are you with me? I've had lots of regrets when I haven't, but I've never regretted it when I've gotten to the end of the day and go, Father, I've lived for the glory of your name today, amen? That's not circumstantial. That's not based on your spouse. That's not based on your kids or grands or your boss, whatever. You're saying, I'm gonna light up the room. I'm gonna change it by being all where I am. Palms up, palms up. I'm gonna invite you to stand as we conclude. We're gonna sing a song of testimony. I'm gonna pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your truth of your word. It's unchanging, true. Oh, we welcome your word. We welcome your word in our hearts. I pray that, that all within the sound of my voice online that we'll have a new desire. Even now, if we haven't been a part of 21 Jumpstart 24, to, to jump in and to, to do the, to, 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 to listen and apply the overflow devos that are so deep, they're short, but they're, they're full. And in it, by hearing your word and, and by receiving your word in our hearts, by applying it, we are changed. It has outward, it affects the way we speak and the way we listen. It affects our focus and we get, our, get, get out this fixation with ourselves. We get out of that mode and we get it on you and others. So thank you for your word so faithfully to bring conviction, never condemning us, but saying there's a better way, there's a better way. So may we not grow weary and lose heart, but may we, may we fan the flame of hope and desire and passion 
and be changed by the power of your word in us, living through us, I pray. If there's anybody, the sound of my voice, and I know there are some who have come to church and they've been in Bible studies or whatever or not, but they've never said yes to you, they've never been to the cross to say, Jesus, I repent, I confess, I'm, I'm sorry, I turn from my sin, I turn to you. That's the choice, that's the starting place, but that leads to a life of absolute surrender to your will, to your power. Thank you that it's not us, but we're depending upon you. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. Our altars are always open if you need to.